Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> the detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. <laughs> The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, how has black TV shaped our worldview? Daily show correspondent and host of That Black Ass Show on Starburns Audio, Dulce Sloan, is here to talk about historic black TV shows and America's mania of slicing our demographic pie into discrete pieces. Can you be identified by more than just a pigment? Dulce has opinions, and our white asses want to hear them. Plus, mailbags! Tony Anita Hull opens up the listener mailbag, and we can't wait to see what emails come out. Mark Zuckerberg, don't flag those nobody's comments because they're unfounded. Unfounded remarks are the lifeblood of this show. I'm Adam Felber. Think of me as this show's mail carrier, who faithfully guides our conversations from their initial drop-off in a topical mailbox through a sorting machine and ultimately delivering them to an address of coherency. And now, please welcome the woman whose topical zip code is always all over the map, Paula Poundstone! Yay! Can you guys hear the uh, pod puppy moaning? No. no. No, she's moaning. Uh, I don't know. Oh, this is one of the things she does. She moans and looks out the window and tries to convince me that Brian Cranston is out there. And I am not <laughs> oh. even looking at the window. Um, before we go any further, I want to thank tonight's house band percussionist, Eric Calver. Eric, thank you so much. I, I recognize you. those beats. Um, uh, this yeah. isn't Eric's first time, right? He's been here before, right? He's he's been many times. Uh, he's yeah. uh, he was with us back at uh, Ray Horseman Studios a couple of times, I believe. Oh, for for heaven's sakes! In fact, now that I remember, Eric delivered me. Delivered you? 
Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, he was a um, a doula. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but before he was a percussionist, he was a doula, and uh, he delivered me. I want to thank you again, really? Eric. Yeah. He's outstandingly young-looking for somebody who could have been your doula. Yeah, you know, a lot of placenta um, can uh, make keep your skin really uh, youthful, and he's been around a lot of placenta as a as a doula slash percussionist. Um, and and what they found now through studies is a, a lot of babies will actually crawl out on their own if there's a nice beat outside. So he's really done some fabulous work. You know, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> yes. Um, so Wendell kindly went to the store for me the other day. I've been on a candy bender for about, I don't know, I would say three solid years now. And um, I well, really I like. I would say it's probably more than that, Paula. Yeah, like I, I mean, I'm, I crave it all the time now, and and I often succumb to that craving. Um, so I like Reese's peanut butter, but I, my favorite are the eggs, and so I, you know, I get them and I, I freeze them so that I can have them as much of the year as I can have them. I can the do Reese's with peanut the, butter eggs. The Reese's peanut butter eggs, yeah. When they're in the cups, I don't know. I don't find the distribution right, um, but okay. I. I like the, uh, I don't think there's a specific one related to Thanksgiving, but I can make do with the trees. The trees are okay. There's like a Christmas tree, Reese's peanut butter right. Christmas tree. But Wendell found How about found the pumpkins? Some, oh, of course, of course. What was I saying? The pumpkins. Yes, yes, I have those too. Um, Wendell found <laughs> yesterday Reese's peanut butter mystery shapes. They're geniuses. What? They're absolute what? geniuses. So when when a pumpkin or a cup or a tree or an egg doesn't come out right, they go, ah, fuck it, put it in the mystery shapes. <laughs> it's brilliant. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure yeah. out if you're serious. Like, is, is there really a oh, bag of mystery shaped? There are, yes, yes. And, uh, and what is that shape? Well, honestly, I haven't even opened the bag yet because I still have... <laughs> Many other seasons to get through, um, uh, you know. Oh, maybe for, God, for God's sake, shape. Paula, is the bag nearby? It's in the refrigerator. Can you go uh, open one for us? Come on, don't leave us hanging. That's a good. Wendell, will you give me a mystery shape? Uh, 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 <laughs> we should. They, they, Adam has a good point. We should see what they look like. Yes, and I'm hoping they're not consistent. I mean, I'm hoping it's every, you know. Every every uh, single one is a different shape. I would hope. You, you know. You know what I can guarantee of- you of right now, Paula. I can guarantee you that Tony Anita Hull has already Googled mystery shape <laughs> Reese's eggs. Is that true, Tony? Have you? You're right. I'll bet she has. Tony, have you done that? <laughs> I did Google it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's wow. I can't. It's a compulsion. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's true. I, I, boy, I have, I have fallen down the electronics hole in these last months. It's awful. Um, all right. So Wendell just handed me the bag. Didn't, didn't occur to him to open it. Um, okay. So that's so wow. Wendell. That's so Wendell. Taking a side swipe at your assistant Wendell right there. Yeah. So, so I'm mini Bonnie right now. Uh, with my crinkling <laughs> sounds. 
Um, all right, here now, it is. Now Here's you just one. took a swipe at your manager. Uh, now, okay, so it has on the outside. Okay, first you have to open the bag, which was very challenging. I've done that, and now there's the individually wrapped uh, uh, ones inside, and the the so the package, the individual wrapping has like a a Christmas package stripe on it of red and white, and then a green ribbon. So I guess they're okay. So it's a to- holiday. Th- it's a holiday themed kind of candy experience. Yeah, they seem to be, unless that's just a fucked up American flag. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it represents nah, a, election season. Mystery probably shape. not. No, I'll bet I bet it is. I know that Tony Anita Hull is, is like bursting right now because she just wants to tell us what the shapes are. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, all right, okay. So I've I managed to get it open. Uh, oh boy. I think this is supposed to be a boot. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say if it's a holiday theme, it's probably a stocking. I don't think it's a stocking. I think it's more sort of uh, um, like troops marching. I'm telling you, these represent <laughs> our political... <laughs> these I are. Don't think so. I no, I'm telling you, these are a statement from Reese's about the precarious uh, uh, perch that we're on with our democracy, um, and that's why these are mystery shapes. Um, All oh, right. Look. Well, now the, the yes. Look, I just opened up another one, and it's uh, um, it's a lying postal worker. Oh shit! I gotta open all these. <laughs> a lying postal worker. <laughs> Yeah, they found how it. Would, uh, how would you well, represent that that postal worker is lying in candy form? Uh, he just, it's the way his eyes are. He's got shifty okay. eyes. Uh, now, now, Paul, the last piece of this puzzle is for you to, to taste that boot or stocking and see if it has the right distribution of chocolate to peanut butter for you. Man, I'm having, I'm eating the army boot right now. Oh my God, uh-huh. it's good. I only hope that when the stormtroopers come into my home, they taste this good. <laughs> Not sure why they need to come into your home to finish their coup, but, you know, they've got, they've got to be somewhere. Well, there we have it, the mystery Reese's thing. And, and Tony, mm. I've already Googled it, too. It's a Bella stocking and a snowman, right? Oh, for God's sakes. Do you guys focus <laughs> on your work ever? Well, well, we had to sit here while you ate a candy, Paula. Give us, we had to do something. <laughs> you, you don't know how often you've sat through me eating a candy. I've learned to do it very quietly. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. that's, uh, well, you, whatever you need to get through the show, absolutely. Um, whatever gets right, let's you do that. through 2020. Yeah, and we're almost it's through it, aren't right. we? It's all right. It's all right. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's do our customary round the horn thing and uh, visit visit with our with our beloved supporting cast. First, in her new digs in Sherman Oaks, California, a stone's throw from her old digs in Studio City, California. It's our producer and friend Tony Anita Hall. Tony. Yeah, I'm here. Yay! Yay! Hi, my Tony. new digs. Hi. Um, you know, Tony. So- one of the things I worry about with you moving the way you have is that now. Um, before you were playing on the, wh- where did you live before? I, I Sherman Oaks. I've always been in Sherman right. Oaks. B- before you oh. were on the Sherman Oaks softball team, and now you're going to have to play against your old comrades because you're on the, where do you live now? Sherman Oaks. I live in Sherman Oaks. 
I haven't left Sherman Oaks. I thought you were so in was, Studio City. We no, all Adam, thought you were in Studio no, City. Kate, no, that is not. Adam, you just started saying Studio City one day, and I just never corrected you. Oh, for God's sakes, Tony. I, I didn't think it was important. <laughs> all right, let me ask you this. Oh my How many God. times did you vote? You're, you're on the lam. <laughs> you, you have a secret Jesus. identity. She never lived in Studio City. She just let us That's think incredible. she did. How, Tony, how could you? How really? could you? Tony, if that's your name. You were Full living a lies. lie. Living a lie. It's true. Wow. So what okay. else is new with Tony Anita Hall? Um, so a friend sent me a cameo today. Oh, that's lovely. And oh, it, wow. It wasn't Who? you, Paula. I'm sorry. But it, right. was, it was Eddie Lucas from Below Deck. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> All right, now Below Deck is that reality show that you deck. love. Bonnie, you'll get your turn. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan of Eddie. He's back this season. And um, yeah, she sent me a, uh, a cameo of him. And it was so sweet. And I laughed and I blushed. Um, oh, Tony. That's Tony, um, okay, first of all, explain to us what uh, Below Deck is. It is a reality show on Bravo that follows the the deck crew of private chartered yachts. So people will charter this yacht for three days, and there is a deck crew that works on these yachts, and then uh, an interior crew, like the stewardesses. And so it follows their life working on the boat and living together. Um, and there usually drama ensues. Um, so what does this guy do on it? He's the bosun. What's a bosun? Um, I don't. It's the son I of mean, a bow, I'm assuming. He's like the head. Like he runs the deck crew. Oh. Basically. Uh huh. And what yeah. is it about him you like? He's so adorable and he's so funny. Although he was kind of a jerk. On one season, but I forgave him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He was probably directed to change that a little bit. We should have a bosun on this show, shouldn't we? That's a good idea. Maybe we could get that bosun. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, my God. If we could get Eddie Lucas, that would be amazing. Okay, well, let's do it. No, you know what show I want to see? I, I want to see Further Below Deck, where... um. It's the same show, but they never film anybody from above the waist. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I would I would run out of interest in that pretty quick. And I don't even yeah. have any interest. <laughs> yeah, it's further below deck. It's just it's just it's just, everything is just, you know, belt buckled down. Uh how could you tell a bosun from a purser then? We'll find out when we have when we have that guy on the show. All right, let's, Eddie let's... Lucas. Eddie Lucas. Yeah, but now I feel bad because I said he was a jerk one season. He just he wasn't whatever. I don't want to go into it. Tony, can I comfort you with one thought? What's the guy's name again? Eddie Lucas. Okay, Eddie Lucas isn't listening. To the show, <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know I do that. Know he that. could because he's busy. It. He's he's busy making below down down below fire down. He's he's making that 
show fire down below. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, somebody he knows might listen to us. And I, but I think I think that shouldn't interfere with Tony, you reaching out and trying to book that asshole I'm on gonna our show. Reach. Okay, don't. You guys don't say that about him. I feel so guilty. Like, I'm going to lose sleep about it. <laughs> like, I'm serious. No. I, oh, she's going to cry, Adam. Now you're making her cry. I am oh, on for the God verge sake. of tears. <laughs> I already laid on the ground and cried today once. Don't make me do it again. (laughs) Is is there anything that you could Google that would cheer you up? Because I'm sure you're going to any second now. Wait. I did look up his Instagram while we were sitting here talking. Oh, my God. Um, Do you you want to tell us why you threw yourself on the ground and cried today? (laughs) No, I don't. You don't? No. What's it? Was it one of the texts or emails I sent you? No, I just, it was just. (laughs) That would do it for me. Yeah. How long was Eddie Lucas's video? Um, I think it was maybe like, maybe like a minute and a half. Well, that's very generous with his time. I I, I don't, I, 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 that doesn't sound like an asshole to me. He's not an asshole. You guys stop saying it. All right, all right. In, in the interest of keeping Tony from having her second crying jag on the floor, let's uh, let's leave her apartment, hang a right, and head straight up to the Simi Valley, where looks a creature known as Captain Crinkle, or Paula's manager, our producer, Bonnie Burns. <laughs> What's how the hell are you? Okay. Well, okay, this is embarrassing. I can't even remember what Paula talked about when we started the show because I remembered thinking to myself, oh, I have something to say about that. But oh, I am prepared to do Mystery, mystery shaped Reese's peanut butter cups. Mystery shaped. Oh. Hmm. Wasn't that? I, okay, that wasn't, that wasn't what I had to talk okay. about. Okay. Good <laughs> to know. But anyway, I am prepared. So... Um, I was on Facebook looking for something else, and I want to say that my telling the knock-knock jokes got a huge response from the nobodies. And they oh, we're all... not going back to knock-knock no, jokes, I are we? To... No, we there talked were like about this weeks ago. Re... No, there were over a hundred responses of knock-knock jokes. So here's just a couple, because okay, okay. So this is from Joe Vessiarelli. Knock-knock. Who's there? Who's there? Amish. Amish. Amish who? You don't look like a shoe. <laughs> I'm saying okay. that's Can I just okay. say, <laughs> as a professional wow. comic, you don't put the you don't put the emphasis on the right word. This is almost <laughs> here. We go again. <laughs> it's almost Honestly, Icelandic. Bonnie. The way that you, was an Icelandic delivery. Yeah, it was. It was okay. an Icelandic delivery. Okay. You don't look like you, you a shoe. Like That's a what shoe. it should be. You don't look no. like a shoe. It's no. you don't what is look it? like a shoe. <laughs> Bonnie, listen to Paula. She's telling you how to tell the jokes. Say it again, okay. Paula. Okay. It's you don't look like a shoe. Do you see how the not, emphasis not is there, on the word Amish. look? Amish who? I still don't get it, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, buddy, buddy, you're saying I'm a shoe, and I say you don't look like a shoe. I'm a shoe. 
You don't look like a shoe. Oh, I'm a you, shoe. Okay. Yes. You don't look like a shoe. Well, that's what I did. Oh, my God. You, you know what really okay. frightens me? Early this morning, Bonnie called me um, because she was talking about some deal she was negotiating. And uh, I just, if the person she was talking to had any idea that she didn't get the knock-knock joke, I'm a shoe. I would, I would simply not get paid for my work. Okay. I would have to pay want, the people. Yeah. I want to. I'm sorry. Are you done? I. Well, you would never know, would you? Um, <laughs> no. All right. What I else? What else s- you have for us, no, Bonnie? I you just want to other- say this. I want to say this about Paula's comment because I know this about myself. I have a certain skill base, and I will say on that negotiation, I really pulled something out of a hat and did a great job, and I don't think everybody could have thought of that. No, I don't I think so I might not so be either. a great joke teller, but I know my stuff in a certain area. No, you're absolutely I right. I have a skill base. And I just well, want to say, I hope, I hope this isn't too, I don't, I know we're supposed to sort of roll out this reveal, but ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> I am going to do I'm going to do a casino in Las Vegas for like a year the way Cirque du Soleil does or Rita Rudner did or uh, and all I have to do is pay everyone in Las Vegas $3 a head <laughs> and that was negotiated by Bonnie Burns with the skill base just this morning. That was fantastic, that, Bonnie. That was creative thinking. Yeah. No one else would have thought to do that. A lot no. of a lot of um operatives, you know, in the business would have thought of getting their client money. Yeah. But that's just <laughs> That's a mistake that a lot of beginning managers make. Yeah, exactly. It's all about making your client money. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. I'll try. Sorry, Adam. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, It's okay. I'm I'm enjoying every every bit of your failure to comprehend knock knock jokes. Okay. Here's another one. I'll try and get the delivery better. This from John Jack. Knock knock. Who's there? (laughs) Pencil. Pencil who? Pants will fall down if you don't wear a belt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you get that one, right? I did. And I thought my delivery was good. It was really good. It was really good. (laughs) That online course has been more than worth it. Um, okay. <laughs> I just don't understand. Yes, Bonnie. go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm really curious what you have to say, Adam. <laughs> just, just not certain how you've lived, you know, all these years without really knowing what knock-knock jokes are or even hearing a lot of them. <laughs> no, but did you know that one? I didn't. I'd never heard that one. All right, I give me another one. Heard that one, Okay, yeah. this is Bonnie, from Mary Lappin. Wait, Wait, I have a question. Bonnie, if you're taking your dog's pain meds, then how is your dog coping with its pain? 
is walking around with this kind of pained look in his eye. I and would there's think. there's a little limp to his back <laughs> His I'm sure feet. because he's hearing you tell knock knock jokes and he's going, who the fuck hasn't heard that before? Well, had you heard it? Have you? Yes. Heard it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yes. Where have I been living? Okay. Try this. Well, I wouldn't say where have you been li- living recently. Um, I would say where did you go to elementary school? <laughs> Bonnie, I'm going to let you tell one more, and then I'm going to perform. I've got one more. That's what I was saying. On this this bit. from okay. Mary Lappin. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there? What? 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 Who? who? What? I can't hear you. I have an earbud stuck in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that one I've never heard. That was expressly tailored for you. It was genius. Absolute genius. All right, Bonnie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to amuse you right now because I know a knock-knock joke that you haven't oh, told okay. yet. You're probably going to love this. Ready, Bonnie? This one's for is you. So you, you say who's there. Is it me? No, it isn't. It absolutely okay. is not. Knock-knock. Who's, who's there? there? Who's now, there? I want Bonnie to do this joke with me. Oh, knock-knock. Sorry, knock. go ahead. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow? Moo! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this was one of the ones that was on the Facebook page. Moo hoo. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's. Well, you didn't. I don't see how you. What was the answer? I forget. Moo hoo, and then you say. You can't. No, no, there's no moo hoo. It it can't be written, (laughs) it has to be heard. No, he said, knock, knock, who's there? Moo, moo who? No, that's not what he said. No, that's not what I said. What Bonnie, do you it? want to try it again? God, you must have flunked well, your TSA. Well, just tell me what it is. It's who's there, moo, right? No, it isn't. No. Oh. No, no. Knock, knock. What? Let's try it again, Bonnie. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Oh, interrupting cow. Moo. <laughs> you know what? Okay. This this very dumb. sort of thing with the knock knocks is why I got that ring system, so that I can see people before they come to the door. <laughs> yeah, no, it is irritating. What is knock 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 These jokes? Knock, yes. Knock, yeah. Well, who brought it up? <laughs> I did. But you know what it reminds me of? Like, you know when you were little and you used to say, somebody would say something and then you'd repeat everything they said? And you'd yes. keep saying, stop it. And they would go, stop it. I'm not yes. kidding. Yes. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's all you, you know, got. That's your point. Do you know who I used to do that with? Oof. And and the other thing is, I would uh, like every move he made, I would make. Um, Meshach Taylor, um, the actor from oh. Designing <laughs> Women, he was yeah. he was my he was my partner on To Tell the Truth years ago, and we would I would do that to him relentlessly before the show started, and we would be doubled over laughing over it. I, I, the silliest, stupidest thing in the world. Oh my God, that guy was fun to laugh with. Um, yeah. So I want you to know That's there, nice. I, 
I resurrected a, a, a childhood uh, game to, uh, you know, to play <laughs> just, with. Just uh, I, I wouldn't have sunk as low as to tell him knock-knock jokes, but I did enjoy uh, copying him. <laughs> hey, guess what, Adam? What's I have that a word. For? Oh, thank God. <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, at this point, it's sort of a rescue word. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, perdurable. It's an adjective that means enduring continuously, permanent. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. We made the mistake of assuming our democracy was perdurable. Let's not forget this lesson, you guys. So let's put it in the vocabulary song. Wait a minute. Great. Oh, hey. the, my glockenspiel is underneath the mystery-shaped Reese's. Uh, hold on. This week's word is puturable. It's an adjective that means enduring continuously permanent. Oh, fuck, I forgot... The little uh, little thing that makes you remember it. Last week's word was piety. <laughs> it's a noun that means a conventional belief that is accepted without thinking. Just keep your tiny blood of Christ glasses clinking. The week before that we had specious. It's an adjective that means seemingly reasonable or plausible, but actually wrong. I remember words because I put them in this song. Going back before that, the word was simulacrum. It's a noun... Its second meaning is unsatisfactory copy or substitute. I want a cookie, not a fruit. And not long ago, we had rapacity. It's a noun that means aggressive (laughs) greed. The filthy rich are still in need. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Hyder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge. Who's Podge? Hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, 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 but I do, I do, I do, I do. Oh my God, I've got blisters on my fingers. Yeah, nicely played, and I like that you treated our audience to the lyric that was essentially, oh shit, I forgot to write this line. Yeah, I did. <laughs> this week's word is pure, pure, perdurable. It's an adjective that means enduring continuously permanent. I don't know. I can't remember. Huh. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you yeah. for revisiting that yeah. moment. With I'm having us. a lot of memory um, problems. I don't know if I told you that. I can't remember. Uh, several times already. Yeah, can't remember <laughs> if I brought that up before, but I am. Well, oh, you know, that might help. That might help you ease the pain of the knock-knock joke thing if you can't remember it. All right. Uh, Tony Morrison wrote, My puzzlement used to be, why is the Lone Ranger called Lone if he's always with Tonto? Now I see that given racial and metaphorical nature of the relationship, he is able to be understood as alone precisely because of Tonto. Without him, he would be, I suppose, simply Ranger. Wow. Thanks, Tony. Coming up, we unpack more tropes of race on our airwaves when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, 
Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft (laughs) and and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique. 
and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your sleepy time pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Mario Andretti said, I never really go anywhere. <laughs> Thank you, house band Eric Calver. Eric, you still got it. We love you. You can reach Eric at www.ericcalver.com or his Instagram at E-W-I-C-D-W-U-M-S, pronounced e wicked-dwums. Hey, Paula, you and I have something in common, uh, other than, of course, Reese's snacks. Uh, it's that we've both been enjoying our fellow Starburns podcast, That Black-Ass Show. I have. I, you know, I like the autobiographical stories the guests tell, and, and, and it, 
it reminds me, and I sometimes need reminded, that there's no monolithic way to characterize the experience of any, I don't know, race, ethnic group, in this case, the the black experience. Um, and yeah. I would say that's true for everybody but the Swedes. Oh, they're all the same, the Swedes. Yeah, they're all <laughs> You know, herda gerda yerda. That's it. That's all they got. Yeah. All, right. Well, all right. Well, we just lost Dul- our one Swedish listener. <laughs> Dulce Sloan's podcast, that black ass show, premiered in April on our beloved network. She talks to special guests to celebrate some of America's iconic black shows that continue to shape the world. And her new action comedy film, Chick Fight, is in limited theaters and on demand. Please welcome onto our show, Dulce Sloan. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Um, Thank you. All right. So wait, I want to start by saying congratulations on your success with the podcast and the, and the movie. And I have to confess that I I, see, I don't get cable and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I don't listen to other comics as a general rule. Um, (laughs) And so, no, because I don't, because I want to. Well, you guys should have a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, um, (laughs) so I was pleasantly surprised when I, when I did listen to that black ass show. I have to tell you, uh, first of all, I have long wanted to uh, have either a segment or a podcast where, uh, where we could discuss race stuff comedically and where the stakes didn't feel so high with every word you said. Do you know what I mean? Well, as a black person, when I talk about race stuff, there are no stakes because I am black. Um, (laughs) But as a white person, especially right now, trying to talk about race stuff, ooh, the stakes are as high as they could possibly be, like space station high. Um, Because... You know, it's people always wonder, well, why? I think we always make the mistake of saying that white people shouldn't be talking about race when white people are exactly who should be talking and having Uh conversations with people of color about race. Um, Because the decisions of white people dictate the lives and experiences of people of color in America and all over the planet, especially if it's somewhere that's been colonized. So it didn't make, it doesn't make any sense to me why conversations about race, sometimes we exclude white people from them when really, you know, it's only been through the legislation that white, you know, it's our activism has created a change in the minds or the culture that has, that has caused, you know, the civil rights act to be passed and the voters right Act to be passed and women getting the right to vote and gay marriage. So if you look at the Congress, it's mostly old white men. So they have to have a reason to pass these laws because they weren't doing it before. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. I just want to say in my own defense, uh, don't say, um, so that, so I listened to the episode with Miss Pat and you guys were talking about a, a movie called Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I've never seen Life before and 
she had seen it like multiple times and you yes. clearly were very familiar with it. Well, let me just say like, okay, like many white people, I kind of had done this thing. Really, I, I just, until George Floyd, where I largely had a feeling that we were past things that, they, that we were not past. Mm-hmm. And when I look back on it, I say to myself, well, wait a minute, why did I think that? What led me to believe that when now when I reexamine, I go, well, no, we weren't. Where did I come up with that idea? <laughs> And see, one of the things that I love about the premise of your podcast is that you're talking about these shows and shows that, you know, shape uh, identity, shape views. Okay, I grew up with a show that you probably never heard of because you're too young, but it was called Room 222. And it was about a high school and they had a they had two of the stars were, were a black a black actor and a black actress uh and Pete Dixon was the was one of the teachers and um and the whole idea was that we were we were all good now you know there was recorder music was part of the theme it was um <laughs> it was a little bit comedy but mostly like a drama show and right. and we and we were all set and to this day, when I hear recorder music, I feel all the racial tension go away. I just feel, like, I look back and I go, well, that's why. And because I grew up with Julia, I thought we were right. all set. I think that was because that was what the TV, since you saw the representation for you was, I saw these black people doing okay. So all black people have to be doing okay. I think was kind of the point because like, you know, after, um, Obama got elected president and was inaugurated every you know all the white people were like racism is over and all the rest of us went I don't think you know how America works (laughs) yeah because when you know this show room uh 222 you're talking about that show did you just google it definitely did um Because we have a problem with Googling on our show. Like a lot of, I don't believe in Googling uh, while you're working, but none of my partners feel that way. So they're forever Googling while we're talking. Um, you have to, because do, this do, show. Do, 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 do. That was the theme song. Uh, yeah, because th- this show premiered in on September 11th, 1969. Uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated on April 4th, 1968. So you have that. So you have a very seminal event to the civil rights movement and to American history, not just African-American history, but America as a whole. And then you have this TV show come out like, listen, we got kids. We're all together. We're a cast. We're doing this. We're black on TV. And (laughs) everything should be fine. But we're still dealing with a lot of things. And I think what was so frustrating as a black person in America was people going, I can't believe this is still happening. And it's just like, okay, Rodney King was 92. Right. And we've continued to have footage of this happening. No, you're And it's been a well-known fact beforehand. So as a black person in this country, it's always confusing for me when white people go, but I thought we were past this. And it's just like, but we keep telling you, your own news keeps telling you 
that this hasn't stopped. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the thing that was the most frustrating for us and for me. I, but it's I like, think that's that's been going on for – I don't think that there's been a generation that I can think of that, that I can read about where white people haven't been telling themselves that, that we're past that. I mean, right. that, that, to me, that's how white people learn to not think about it from day to day. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not past it, then you have to accept that there are white people in your life who are racist. Right. Because Key and Peele had a sketch uh, on their show one time. They were saying just in like the interstitials between sketches – and they were saying, like, there's no white, the only white equivalent to the N-word is calling a white person racist. That's the only thing that will get them amped up and up. So you're like, how dare you? Well, I'm not, I'm my grandfather. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so what about your grandpa, dude? He was probably racist, too. I'm not doing this anymore with y'all. So I think, but that. so that was what was so crazy about, um, because I have been in Black Lives Matters protests. And so the craziest part to me is when, you know, when we were marching for Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and Mont Aubrey, it wasn't this is the first time in history that there was a march for civil rights for black people in every single state in the country. Wow. Every single state had some size march. And there were also marches in um in Nigeria, in Ghana, in London, in Turkey, in Tokyo, in Australia, there is a mural that someone did for George Floyd in in a in Syria, in a building that was literally bombed down to rubble, and they put a mural to George Floyd up wow. because oppressed people everywhere can understand oppressed people. They can see that there's something wrong, and so. That's why I was glad like this time when we were protesting and we were marching, we kind of came to the consensus where it's just like, we have been marching since what, 1955, since the Mm fifties. And I think we all kind of came to the consensus where it's just like, we can't continue to go to the street and and say to you to prove our humanity. This has to be something because it, because yes, there have been, monumental moves forward but there's a lot of work that still has to happen because there are people who can watch any of these videos of an unarmed black or brown person being murdered by the police and go well they could have complied but you see through the entire video they were complying and they still died but that's not what you saw you just saw a black person interacting with the police, so you automatically assume that we were in the wrong. And if we lose our life in an interaction with the police, then it's our own fault. But we also have to realize everyone is trained, regardless of their background, on how to interact with the police. The training for black and brown people is more intense that we get from our parents, but sure. everyone is told how to interact with the police to not piss them off, to not get arrested, to not be killed. And so there's a distinct, like you can get in trouble for saying a cuss word in front of a police officer. He's a grown ass man. I can cuss if I want to. What are we talking about here? So there is a, yeah, there's a problem with the fact that if the police want to arrest you, regardless if they have full cause to arrest you, 
They can do that. It's just that who can get out when they get arrested is the issue. So we, so it has to be an overall, I know plenty of white boys that have been hassled by the cops. I also know plenty of white boys who have fought cops and didn't die. So (laughs) cussing out a cop, all kind of wildness, getting out, drunk take situations. Like it's just, it's stuff like that that has to be, that has to be fixed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also feel very strongly that if they bring back Room 222, we need some new storylines. Um, I think if anything, we should bring back uh, Car 54, Where Are You? I think is really what we need right now. How do you, All right, wait a minute. Did you say you're in their, your 30s? Mm-hmm. Well, then how the hell do you know Car 54, Where Are You? Because uh, your girl gets, I, I'm, sometimes I can't go to sleep. Truly, Paula Poundstone. Sometimes it's not like they burned the tapes, Paula. I mean, it comes on Nick at night. Oh, does it? Well, I didn't yeah. know that. It, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like a show that needed brought back. Uh, Car fifty four. Where are you? But it was. I mean, it, it's doing the, it for you. The the estate of the man who played Herman Munster. You know, oh might God. need might need some. I mean, those old school residual checks still ride. I got a residual check for the other day for twenty eight cents, and the postage was forty one cents. I was like, no one should have sent me this. <laughs> <laughs> You could have saved this till I got a dollar, but I've had dollar <laughs> residual checks. And my mother was like, you deposited just like you do all the other ones. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I sure do. I, sh- I sure do. When I get my dollar checks that my, and that's for first play. I'm getting those dollar checks. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, Dick Gregory said, makes you wonder when I left St. Louis, I was making $5 a night. Now I'm getting 5000 a week for saying the same things out loud I used to say under my breath. Oh, that's great. Stay tuned to find out more about Dulce Sloan when we return to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. The Cat of the Week is Calamity from Wilmington, Delaware. Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al-Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain... I'll try to ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. This month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. (laughs) So that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. (laughs) The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about conspirituality. 
a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating, and my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with Dulce Sloan, host of that black ass show. Now we have we all three of us have something else in common that I have to get to because um recently, Dulce, you have become a panelist on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, haven't you? Don't deny Same. it. Yes, yes, I have. Mm-hmm. And how's it going for you? Are you enjoying it? It's been really fun. I've listened to it for years. I always enjoyed to I always loved hearing. Um, when you would be on the show, because like I remember seeing your stand-up. Why, thank you. <laughs> yes, oh, she, you weren't I, talking to me. I well, think never mind. No, Adam. <laughs> yeah. No, I was not sorry. No, I, I know. I'm so I sorry know. for you. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been fun. Um, I realized that uh, I think I know the week's news. And then I get on there and I was like, some stuff I know, no problem. Got it. We in here. We out here. We killing it. You know, your girl knows she's all about her education. But then sometimes and I was like, oh, I don't know what newspaper you read, but I don't. I don't know her. I don't know who she is. I don't know where she lives. I know nothing about that information. You about got no, right there. It's the news of the weird that usually fucks you up. But the other thing, or fucks one up, I don't know. What, uh, but for me, um, uh, but the other thing is, I often, some of it is I just choke because I often know the answers to someone else's questions. Yes. And then when it's my turn, I'm like, well, what? Well, fuck. And then when my turn's over, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did know that. Um, can you tell, well, me, but our listeners are nobodies. Um, what was your path to success? Um, people ask me this question. I never know how to answer it. Um, blessings first and foremost. Uh, but I, I decided to become a performer when I was six years old. Um, and after the numerous day jobs that I had while I was in you know, school, high school and college and out of college, uh, I was just determined to not work in somebody's office uh which was crazy because (laughs) you know and I was talking to my mom when I got daily show and I was like mama you know how I've been working so hard to not be in somebody's office she's like yeah I said I've hard worked myself back into somebody's office (laughs) 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 
I, you know, um, you know, because when you're on a show like that, you it, you're you're in an office, and I was like, this is not. This was not the goal. Um. So what? So why are you in an off? Like, do are you? Um, so I saw the piece that you did where you took credit for the black women's vote in the Alabama uh, Senate election, uh, and and I know you were kidding, but were you? What part of that is you talking, and what part of that is the you know the sketch, so to speak? But when we work on pieces, the correspondent is there working with the writers to make sure that whatever is written is in the correspondent's voice. Uh-huh. So we make sure that, you know, what we want to convey is exactly what I want to convey. And, you know, it's making sure that, you know, your facts are straight and your opinions are, you know, there's some of it's my personal opinion, but it's also reflecting on what what is happening in the news. Mm -hmm. And at the time it was, you know, black women stopped a pedophile from being elected in the office. um, Mainly because black women are, you know, have been called the, we are the base of the democratic party. We're the most reliable voting block of the democratic party. And so, you know, in this situation, and then when you look at Georgia being flipped and you see that, you know, Stacey Abrams was able to, register 800,000 unregistered voters. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, I just I- want to say this one thing about that. I've heard mm. a lot of credit going to Stacey Abrams. And I just want to say that I did a few hours of phone banking mm-hmm. and some postcards. <laughs> Rude. Rude. What do I get? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Damn that Stacey Abrams. And honestly, what? what a white woman way to take that. What a white woman way. <laughs> <laughs> To just go, but I did stuff too. Yes, yeah, thank you, Paula, I just, for your service. I am just representing right now. Um, all right, wait, and I'm proud of so you. So wait, how did you come to get the Daily Show? Uh, I auditioned. <laughs> oh, great story. All right. <laughs> and 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 okay. Uh, and when you auditioned, um, so where did you go into a studio and? Uh, how did, what was the form of the audition? Um, I did a piece. This is what's called, it's a piece of the desk with Trevor, as opposed to the correspondence. You either do a sketch or you do a piece out in the field or you do a piece of the desk with Trevor. Um, and so this is the first time I'd ever met him. And he's very nice, very supportive. Mm-hmm. He said, you're going to be great. You're going to rock this. Let's go. And I sat down and the piece went great and he laughed and the audience laughed and, you know, cause there were writers and different, a few writers and some producers in the room. Um, the crew guys laughed. And if the crew is laughing, then, you know, you did a good job. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good sign right there. If I the kind crew's of not pictured, laughing, then, you know, I kind of go home. I kind of so, pictured, I pictured the, I pictured you with Trevor Noah, like that scene in Jaws where um where Quint like throws the rope at at, at, at um Richard Dreyfus and tells him to tie like a shank knot and then he like takes his hands and looks at his hands do you remember that uh i've don't never you, seen jaws don't you tell me you haven't seen jaws <laughs> she has it's scary <laughs> it is scary yeah it i is don't scary. do scary i hear that uh you it's know a good movie, um, though. 
You know, I it's, auditioned for The Daily Show a couple of times, and uh, I did not make the crew laugh very much. <laughs> oh, no. They, they, they smiled. <laughs> the crew smiled? They smiled. Well, what, yeah, actually, one of the times they laughed. The other time I auditioned, they did not, they did not laugh. That's not a winning formula when the crew smiles. Yeah. Oh, and it's like, well, we're never going to see him again. But Yeah, absolutely um, not. <laughs> well, I, I, listen, was, mm-hmm. you, you both made it far further, even just getting the crew to smile. It's much further than I've ever been able to achieve there. Um, <laughs> so, Dulce, now, now you, okay, you said that you made a chick fight in, in Puerto Rico. I was in uh, beautiful San Juan, Puerto Rico, filming Chick Fight. And so I had to learn fight choreography. Um, it's my first, like, big role. Like, it's my first big role. It's my first feature film. Um, was my first big role in feature film. I have uh, had big roles in smaller films that have gone straight to gas station. Um, <laughs> oh, I want to be on gas station TV so bad. Paul has been trying to break into gas station TV for oh, a while Oh, not now. gas station TV. The DVDs that are sold in hood-ass oh, gas stations. Oh, oh, right next oh, to the jerky. No. Like next to the mixtapes and the blunt yeah. rolls, that's where the movies <laughs> yeah. have been in. It. I, I think um, gas station TV is even like on a, a like a, a rung or two down from that. Um, all right, so so what's Chick Fight about? Yeah, uh, so Chick Fight is about a woman named Anna who is down on her luck with her business and her love life, and her best friend Charlene, played by your girl me. Um, How's you know, she's getting down in the dumps and down on herself. And she kind of just goes, listen, that's not how we are. That's not how we do. That's not our ministry. That's not how we live. And so takes her to a female fight club and it changes her life. And so I had to learn fight choreography. I had to punch someone in the face. I get punched in the face. Um, I had to cut my nails really short, which if you know me was hard, but uh, I'll do it for the work. Um, I had to tackle somebody. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, I like that the cutting kicked... your nails was harder than punching someone in the face. Okay. Uh, well, I could only punch them in the face because I cut my nails down. Mm-hmm. I met Kevin Nash, who I've been in love, who I have loved since I was 14 years old because I loved wrestling. Um, no, 12. Uh, I have loved Kevin Nash. So when he came to set, he's like, I'm Kevin. I was like, I know. And I couldn't speak. <laughs> <laughs> was it fun? Oh, it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Like being on set was great. Our hair and makeup was great. Um, you know, just being out in Puerto Rico and the food was amazing. And then the beaches were gorgeous. And then just having this really fun experience. And, you know, and I was, I'm very thankful and blessed that the Daily Show, they see that, you know, the correspondents can get other opportunities and they'll let us take those opportunities. So, you know, it's because some other places would be like, yeah, you sure you can take this movie, but you got to quit. And well, you know, that's something we have in common because when I auditioned for The Daily Show, they were very clear that I was welcome to take whatever other projects I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it wasn't The Daily Show. <laughs> Anything but The Daily Show, basically, yeah. She is the host of the Starburns podcast, That Black Ass Show, and her new comedy action film, Chick Fight, filmed in Puerto Rico, is available on demand and in limited theaters right now. Now. Oh, Dulce, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dulce. It was great. You're wonderful. Thank you so much. Good luck with your... I'm so glad the Daily Show lets you do other projects. 
Yeah, a lot of people aren't given the opportunity, so I'm glad that they are supportive of me. And I got to punch a girl in the face in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Living the dream. All right. All right. Cool. Coming up, mailbag. Maybe. That's coming up right after this. <laughs> Fun fact, Buckingham Palace actually has 78 bathrooms, and you can find out why that is in the movie The King's Fiber. (laughs) And we're back. Hey, nobodies, uh, we want to know what you want to know. So if there's a topic you want to hear about or a guest you'd really like to hear from, let us know at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Okay, uh, Tony Hall, I want to bring you on up here because it is once again time to open up the mailbag. Mailbag. That should give Tony enough time to, <laughs> to, to, uh, to hustle that bag over here. Drag that thing over, yep. Tony. I know we get a lot of mail. Bag. <laughs> I'm just gonna wait it out. I'm just gonna wait. Yeah, it out. You, you'll be waiting a long time. Um, so what do our listeners want? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, just thank, thank, just thank your lucky stars. It's not a bagpipe. Now, so Tony, uh, what do our listeners have? <laughs> uh, so you know, we 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 turn to Facebook strictly this week. So we get a lot of amazing um engagement from our nobodies on facebook so joan Giddle wiener 11 wrote i totally understand someone choosing a profession based on their last name like paul tuff talking about grit unfortunately my last name is wiener (laughs) well for one your your last name appears to be levin um, but <laughs> yeah, well, she's got several. It's Joan Gittle Wiener Levin. It's it's it. It goes on and on. She's not satisfied with any of her jobs. For a while, <laughs> she was a professional Gittle, and that just wasn't I don't know satisfying enough. And so she and then added she made, Wiener, and then she made bread. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my last name being Poundstone, by the way, which is both uh, both Pound and Stone are English measurements of weight, um, which is why I've been working on my obesity for quite a while now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mailbag. Well, Joan Giddle Wiener Levin, we're we're sorry that you uh, you haven't decided on any kind of Wiener related career because you probably should. Yeah. You could always you could always sell hot dogs. It doesn't have to be about that other kind of wiener. Yeah, that's true. Keep in mind. Okay, there's so many Anthony interpretations Hansen. of wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tony. So Tony's pushing on in the wiener talk makes Tony uncomfortable. Let's move on. Uh, Anthony Hansen wrote, "I think grit is that cross in wait, your Tony, underwear." Wait, Tony. Wait, I wrote a song for you, Tony. Okay, wiener, 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 wiener. I wrote that. 
I have no problems with wieners. <laughs> I just wanted to move on. Wow. Brag all you want, Tony. That's, uh, that's a safe space. All right. Okay. Uh, Bonnie, uh, I see a new ringtone that could make us some money. I have no problems with wieners. That could be a song title, too. I picture that as a song title in like an old-timey movie where there's this chanteuse in a sequin gown laying on top of a piano, and she sings the song, I Have No Problems With Wieners. Okay. <laughs> hey, did Anthony Hansen write anything yes, in the... he Anthony Hansen did. Um, I think grit is that crust in your underwear after you've been on the trails a few days. Wow. Oh, thank you, Anthony. I'm thank you, I'm glad you, I'm glad that's not illustrated in my dictionary, but thank you. Um, <laughs> and, okay. and what trails? What what trails has Anthony been on? Um, wow. I don't. I like mean, his that. last his his last name is yeah, but you have no problem with wieners. Um, all right. Uh, well, thank you, Anthony Hansen, for that. Uh, uh, so this is this was regarding the episode where we talked about nipple gasms, which I'm still oh. very upset by. Um, I still don't and- remember that, and yet you're fine with wieners. Um, but nipple gasms <laughs> put you off. You you, you okay. don't remember us talking okay. about that and why it makes us it's- so uncomfortable. Not really. I'm cool. I'm cool with nipple gasms. It was Bonnie Burns talking about the nipple gasms. <laughs> now do you remember, Paula? I, I, I don't really, but I think that's merciful. Um, <laughs> I think your brain actually is protecting you. <laughs> yeah, it might be. It, it, it might be. There's like a protective layer of goo around things that it's yeah. best I know. You're I, very I, I lucky. I don't remember. Yeah, you're very lucky. Um, so. What does Asher Hammond say about it in our... Uh, he wrote, Mailbag. or she, uh, that was hilarious. Also, does anyone else's nipples get hard when you eat spicy food? My old co-workers call me spice tits. <laughs> <laughs> no, spice but that's, tits. A, that's a beautiful, beautiful name. <laughs> A beautiful it's a beautiful name and I'm hoping that I'm hoping Asher is able to pass that name on uh from generation to generation no I've never heard that of someone um having that no. reaction to spicy food I love spicy food but it has it has never to my knowledge um <laughs> altered the disposition of my nipples well I think what happens is your mouth is burning so badly that you really forget about other body parts. So the difference perhaps between Asher and any other human being alive is that Asher paid attention uh to, to what's happening uh, with yep, the nipples, yeah. Yep, right, right, to nipple reactions after so, eating spicy food. All right. Well, uh thanks thanks Spice Tits for uh showing up on Mailbag. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's a beautiful name. Yeah. Spice Tits. Uh, Mike Schulman I kind of think of it as a baseball player name. I don't know why, because I just hear the announcers <laughs> saying Spice Tits on second. <laughs> <laughs> now batting, number 17, Spice Tits. Yeah, that works. <laughs> that's a swing and a miss for Spice Tits. Yeah, that's a beautiful <laughs> 
Um, did Mike Shulman say anything? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he did. In our uh, he mailbag. Wrote, you, f- you folks are on a roll with gas lately. <laughs> oh. Well, sadly, it's kind of true. I mean, you know, I pride myself in a, a certain level of, you know, dialogue. But I have to confess that in recent weeks... I've had nothing to be proud of. <laughs> really? No, I think Mike is saying the opposite. He's saying we're on a roll with gas. We're cooking with gas. He kind of combined being on a roll with cooking with gas, but he's that's a compliment, Paul. <laughs> oh, I see. My mistake. No. I, I think he meant it about the, what's that stuff that Tony talks about? The windy? He's talking about the windy thing. Oh, no! You're um, thinking of her. The windy you're thinking Frida. of her air fryer. Windy the the gas passer. The windy Frida. Yeah. The windy oh, no, he's gas not. Passer. Yeah, I'm pretty. No. Yeah, he might be. I think he is. I'm choosing to uh, believe that he's just complimenting us. I yeah. don't think he is. I have a <laughs> feeling that if. You... <laughs> I'm Adam, positive. I have a feeling that, Adam, if you lost the election, you wouldn't leave the White House because you're not able to interpret correctly when people are unhappy with stuff. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was so disgusting. Glad we could bring it up again. I'm wondering, uh, Tony, if Sarah Ludwig said anything that made it into the... Mailbag. She did. No she did. So uh, she remember we had the whole conversation about what groups of certain animals are called. Do you remember? Yes, that? I love. I love the the those words. Okay, so Sarah let us know that a group of jellyfish is called a smack, and a group oh, of I bunnies see. is a fluffle, and I it's a crash of rhinos. And those are her favorite collective <laughs> nouns. Those are so great. Oh Those my really gosh. are. I love the fluffle. A fluffle of bunnies. Oh That's my fantastic. gosh. Fantastic. You know so what I cute. feel like with the fluffle of bunnies is that they don't have to be alive to still be a fluffle. What? Well, you could Wait, just what? have a pile of hey. dead <laughs> dead bunnies I and they'd still be a, a fluffle. <laughs> Paula, just what just what? happened? What just happened here? <laughs> why did we? Why did why did you kill all those bunnies? Those imaginary bunnies? No, I just feel like I just feel like the the, the okay the oh collective God. the collective noun fluffle isn't used uh, uh, is used both for a dead bunch of bunnies and a live bunch of bunnies. Just a fluffle what? either way. Why did you summon a bunch of dead bunnies into the world with your words, Paula Poundstone? <laughs> I'm going to cry. Now I'm imagining I'm... a pile of dead bunnies and I don't like it. Well, I didn't tell you to picture it. I just said I don't think it's specific to. Whereas jellyfish. Right. I don't know. I Whereas I feel like if a bunch of jellyfish washed up on the shore and they were dead, it wouldn't really be a smack anymore. It would be an ew. It would be an ew of jellyfish. Uh, where, yeah. Oh, I love, I love the word smack. That's a great word. It is a good word. Um, Adam, Adam, Adam. What? Answer the phone. No, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh this is bad. Okay, okay, okay. Hello, hello. Hi, 
Adam, it's me, Penny Christie. I can't believe I'm talking to you. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Am I the 100th caller? I really want to hang out with you after the game. I know it doesn't seem fair for me to win because this is the first time I've called, but I represent the dreams and hopes of many women across this country and lesser so Iceland and Moldova who love you. And I know I don't deserve to represent these women because I am one of the worst people in the world, but I just want you to know that Winnie Feynman is not the only woman who would lay down her life for you by far. And just because her family came over on the Mayflower is no reason she should win. The 100th caller contest is a great leveler. It's open to everyone, Adam. I know you You don't want to be seen with the likes of me. I'm trash. I'm the condom in your vanity camp beans. But So if I win, I'm vowing right now that I will wear a sack over my head the entire time we hang out. And I'm not like Winnie. I know you're happily married, and I'm sure Jeanette is thrilled with you. I just want to hang Jeannie. out with you after the game, even though I don't deserve it. I'll give Winnie's mother a fucking crockpot to replace the one you stole. In fact, I'll tell her I stole it. I don't deserve to slow cook a meal while I'm at work. I deserve nothing but cold regurgitated dog food am i the am i the hundredth caller uh no uh penny if that's your name you're caller number 98 i'll call back jesus that was uh that was quite a thing wasn't it wow she really you know what they're coming out of the woodwork now towards the end of this contest adam the hundredth caller contest has really caught on and it is heating. It is heating up. And apparently, for the for the, uh, I think the white woman demographic is, uh, you know, there's a big slice <laughs> of that pie that's that's after yeah. this prize. Well, Whew. although that caller sounded like a kind of an, a a messed up uh, Winnie Feynman, to be honest with you. Oh, I don't think it was. No, no, well, you think Penny was somebody completely different? I think so. All right. Well. Uh, well, that is the 98th caller, which uh, brings us to the topic that there have been, uh, you know, on Facebook alone, there have been over 100 people who weighed in on who the 100th caller will be. Um, besides wow. Tom Hanks, Carol Burnett, and a lot of good suggestions for our nobodies. Uh, Tony, you have a sampling, I believe? I do. Glenn Johnson thinks it's going to be Thomas Coyne, surprisingly just calling to say he's going to be late. <laughs> Go on. Um, no Bruning wrote, I hope it will be Mrs. Culpepper. Oh, I do too, but she doesn't call. She usually just shows up. Go on, Did Tony. Danielle Fontaine say anything, Tony? Um, yeah, Captain Crinkle will have some technical difficulties and butt dial in at just the right time to be the hundredth caller. But now she could just find those damn earbuds. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I, um, I think that's most likely to happen. It is likely yeah. to happen, but I think contest rules forbid her from being the winner. Yeah, she does work at the station. And, and uh, Tony, is that all that we have from mailbag? No, there's more. Oh boy! <laughs> what <do> we got? <laughs> Lay it on us. Uh, Naomi Hampson wrote. I asked my three-year-old if we could listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone in the car, and he said, let's listen to Paula Poundstone. Somebody does listen to Paula Poundstone. Aww. Oh, that really is so sweet. nice. That's so cute. That's that a cute adorbs? one. So adorable. Yeah, that's totes adorbs. Yeah. And then he said to his mother, thanks for never using that, using that nose thing on me or that weird gas thing. <laughs> yeah, no Frida's, yeah. 
We don't know that. <laughs> Naomi could have used Wendy the gas pastor. Naomi or wouldn't have. She has a very Naomi great Naomi would not use Wendy the gas no, because no. they're both gross, and that's not the kind of life she wants her kid to have. They're gross. I agree. Yeah. I okay. Well, I think the what? nose Frida is fine. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't have to deal with all these kids when they grow up, Tony. And just like you know, when they're in college, just like they bring their laundry home, they probably bring home full noses. <laughs> <That's> so disgusting. <laughs> to be sucked out. Yeah. <laughs> And Mark um, Carter finally wrote, Heidi has no idea how good the plugs are, though. Heart Kitty Poo Club. How good the plugs are. Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Kitty Poo. Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Poo Club. And that's it for Mailbag. Wait a minute. Well, you know, Heidi, who bitched that we did too many plugs on the show, I have something to tell you. Yeah, tell her, Paula, tell her. One of the joys of buying T-shirts, books, CDs, and Poundstone Pussy Pillows from PaulaPoundstone.com is that Jeff Bezos doesn't get a penny of your money. I can also make a video postcard for you. Go to Cameo.com slash PaulaP33. How's that, Heidi? Yeah, and Heidi, I don't need to tell you anything. <laughs> yeah, and- <laughs> yeah, and Heidi, I don't need to tell you that the NFL season is in full swing and heating up as we uh, approach the playoffs, and you can watch NFL football on Thursday nights on Fox while listening to me and Jeff Cesario do the Starburn Sports Simulcast. We supply the audio, Fox supplies the video, and everybody wins. And if you want to enter our theme song contest or something like that, send it to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Once again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Lefelber. Special thanks to our guest, Dulcie Sloan, and thanks to the house band Eric Calver, percussioning it up for us once again. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns. Ken Lezebnik and Tony Anita Hull. Special appearance by Spiced It. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Boy, that's a, a lot of mail. I'm, I'm surprised it was delivered on time. Yeah, well, it's uh, the, the miracle of this new electronic age we're in. You know, no, we it's in a bag. Office. No, it's in a bag. It's mailbag. It's in a bag. It is, mail, it is mailbag, but Tony specified that it was Facebook messages this week. No, that's wrong. It comes in a bag, and DeJoy tried to hide it. Um, like behind some uh, dismantled sorting machines in the post right. office. Yeah, uh-huh. whole thing went all the way to the Supreme Court, and uh, he was wow. told he had he had to give the mailbag back, and then he and then he didn't, and then Tony went in there and kicked some ass. That's how the whole thing happened. Well, 
Yeah. Just that, he was. That's. Did you? Did was like cowering behind the counter, and uh, and Tony had like a karate kind of a stance, you know. And he was like, "Don't hurt me! Don't hurt me! I'll, I'll get the I'll get the mail." And she said, "You fucking better get the mail." And you never heard Tony talk like that. I mean, it was crazy. That's what happened. Wow. I would yeah. pay to see that. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, you can pay to see that. It's at uh, paulpanzone.com. <laughs> Right, right next to the picture of that fluffle of dead bunnies. Yeah. Oh, you know we had we had a we had a lot of bunnies, um, but we never realized we had a fluffle of bunnies. No. But we did. We had a fluffle. But the bunnies knew. Yeah. No, oh, the bunnies knew. They were in a fluffle. Yeah. yeah don't tell you, you Paula. Can, we're in a fluffle. Yeah. You can hear them early in the morning. You know, when I would just be like barely waking up, I could hear them out there going, "Come on, everybody, get in a fluffle." the bunny word for quorum do we have a fluffle <laughs> do, we, do we have a fluffle no we can't both <laughs> a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network